And now, it's time for Mr. College Football and Friends with Tony Barnhart. Greetings and welcome back to Mr. College Football and Friends. It is the National Championship Edition. We are into January of 2023. I can hardly believe it. But in any event, I'm your host, Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football. And before we get started, I want we want to thank our sponsor, APA Games, APBA Games, the unquestioned king of quality simulation products. You'll find them at APBA.com. A lot of fun. Go check out that website. Okay, let's bring on the guys. Guys, we've after all these weeks we've been together and we've talked about the issues of the day and the games and all that, we are down to one game. Number one, Georgia, the favorite. Number one, TCU, the Cinderella, and we are off and running. I'm going to start with Mr. Mark Blauschen from lovely Situate, Massachusetts. Mark Blauschen, are you surprised that TCU is here? Sure. I mean, you know, I mean, you looked at the season, you looked at the game until the last last play. Now, you know, I, I surely thought that, you know, Michigan was going to win that game, and then, but, but TCU won. They've done it the whole season, so Cinderella uh, keeps on dancing. I mean, that's that's the beauty of the game. That is the beauty of the game. And Herb Gould, you you are our Big Ten guy, and I got to <laughs> tell you, I, I expected Georgia to beat Ohio State. Uh, incredible close game. Ohio State had control of the game and let it slip away. Michigan, I don't know what to say about Michigan. You tell me. For, what? Let's start with Michigan. What in the world happened there? You know, I, I I can't put it down, boil it down to one little thing, but they got beat. They got beat in the trenches, which yeah. you know really surprises me. And, and yet, in a way, I think I told you guys last week, TCU was able to do that against a much bigger Wisconsin team oh, 10, 12 years ago in the Rose Bowl. There's something about you know neutralizing it. And they have, I mean, they put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They ran the ball effectively. I mean, TCU just played a terrific game, and, and Michigan just wasn't ready for it. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. I mean, maybe if they'd had Blake Corum, it might have helped their running game, but, but that's no excuse. I mean, the, the uh, backup kid who came in, Donovan, was was a very effective against Ohio State. I think Michigan might have just gotten a little – they might have, you know, borrowed from Nick Saban's rat poison there. They might have believed a little bit too much. And also, if you think about it, I mean, they were sky high for Ohio State, and and perhaps they started looking ahead to Georgia. But, you know, big mistake. I mean, they just they just weren't ready to play. No. Well, speaking of Ohio State, I mean, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there at uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium watching that thing, and I said, hey, Ohio State's got complete control of this game. Georgia, they, they are getting sliced and diced uh, by Ohio State. And I said, there's no way they win this game. Then all of a sudden, uh, they get a, Georgia turns a couple of opportunities. They had to, they had to kick field goals. Georgia scored touchdowns. You look up, boom, the game is over. How, how did Ohio State let this game slip away? Well, I think number one, you know that that Marvin Harrison injury was was huge. was big because huge. he was he was their huge playmaker, uh, you know. But again, they had you know as you mentioned, they had a pretty good lead, and 
I think that that last possession, when they got that first down before the uh, the uh, ill-fated field goal attempt, it was almost like you could sense something coming out of Ohio State. I mean, they did not run good plays right before that. It was almost it was almost like you know there was just a little bit of complacency, and they just they just I think they started thinking about the uh, the results rather than the process, mm-hmm. as as a, uh, old hockey coach Mike Keenan used to tell us. They just they just weren't ready to play those last few plays. And that kick, you know, you feel bad for the kicker, but boy, that just did not look good technically. And I don't know a lot about kicking. They just, they, they just, they, you know, what I don't know, Herb, did, did Jim Harpo call his timeouts yet? Huh? It wasn't that something. That uh, was what a, that what was a amazing. Show that was. Well, you know, and why why did he not kick? You know, they, I think that the worst thing that happened to Michigan was they broke that like fifty three yard run on like the first or second mm-hmm. play. And then they thought, oh, well, this yep. is going to be fun. And then they went for it down on the goal line. As it turned out, you know, just take the darn three points, you know, play the game, you know, tight and close to the vest. This is a championship caliber game, and you need to treat it that way. I, right. yeah, the, the Michigan just wasn't – they were not prepared physically or, or game plan-wise. Well, Brother Lucci, the locksmith, I mean, he, 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 he had the smart play. He took Ohio State. And the points, Georgia won the game, but that was a winner there. Was that a surprise to you, Thomas? Kind of, was that the way you thought it would go? No, I, I think I told you last week. I thought it was a field goal type of game, mm-hmm. which I, actually it was since the last play of the game was a field goal. Yeah, no doubt, was it? Um, but here's the thing: you know, teams that are that good, the elite teams, the top five, ten, when they get embarrassed and they have time off, things usually change. You, they, 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 you know, it gets back to normal for them. And I think that was part of it. I think, uh, you know, Ohio State was a an injured team for a little while emotionally, and they got over the sting, and then they, they got determined. And they were good, you know, this season. They had a good football team, and you don't go from one bad loss to being, you know, uh, completely out of consideration when you're in the top four. So that's the one thing. The other thing I tell you this, Tony, I watched almost every single ball game. I was stunned at the – incompetence of coaches especially in late game and end game situations it shocked me the other thing that shocked me is how ill-prepared so many teams were i mean i i i watched all these games i'm saying this team has i mean to to not know what western kentucky is going to do after they do it every year you know in that ball game and and san diego state and you know brady hoped that to not have his team prepared at all and then these guys at the end of the games, there's got to be a course on end game management for some of these guys. They just don't get it. Luch, I agree with you 100%. I think clock management, this generation of coaches uh, just just don't know that much about clock management. Now, you know, some some do, but it, you, you, would, you see it week after week during the season and in the bowl games. Coaches don't know how right. to manage the clock. Here's know? the thing too, Tony, is – we may not see a lot of these coaches and teams during the season because they're under the radar. But when it comes to bowl season, they're in the focus. They have our full attention, and then they get exposed a little bit. Right. You know, this is probably stuff they're doing during the regular season, but we don't notice. Did right. you notice what Coastal Carolina did in week three? No, we didn't notice that. But when it comes to a bowl game, yeah, right. we noticed that because we're watching. Right. You know, the thing that struck me about the Georgia-Ohio State game, I mentioned earlier, it was 38-24. And Georgia cannot stop them. 
they're, they're, Stroud is having an incredible night. Then all of a sudden, and this, it, it sort of sneaks up on you, a couple of possessions for Ohio State that could have been touchdowns turn into field goals, and now all of a sudden Georgia's got a couple of couple of field goals, and, t- and now it's the game. And, guys, we're going to talk about this in a little bit. Luke, Stetson Bennett, your boy, was winner. magnificent again He's in the winner. fourth quarter. Absolute winner. You know, is he, is he uh, you know, should he have won the Heisman? No, no. Is he the best player in college football? No. Is he the best leader in college football? Yeah, he might be. You know, he just might be the best leader. And I'm not going to say he's a game manager because uh, to me, that's a disparaging that's a cop you know, assessment. He's a good, good, solid, you know, uh, college quarterback, and he's a great leader. Well, guys, here's the, Stetson Bennett with the game on the line. This is his fourth quarter, all right? 10 of 12 for 190 yards and two touchdowns in the last 15 minutes of the game that is about as good a quarter as you can have blau blau what did you what did you think when you sat there and, and watched Stetson bennett you know because bennett's been in this position before he well, was in this position against alabama last year in mm-hmm. the national championship game he was getting fitted for a set of goat horns and made two big time plays and alabama georgia wins the game what was it that bear bryant said act like you've been there before when you after you scored the touchdown i mean that's what he did he acts like he'd been there before, and he had been there before. I mean, that, that Lucci's right. I mean, that's that's a big factor uh, in, in the way they play. And the other thing about uh, putting a, on, the, on the bowl thing, Luce, I mean, you can't judge the bowls by the regular season because there's so many different factors involved. There's There are interim coaches. There are guys who don't want to play. There, there are guys who have left early. So any of those factors determine game plans and all that kind of stuff. A lot, I mean, yeah, the coaching wasn't good, but, I mean – a lot of those situations, they didn't have the full complement of, of players. A lot of it, they had interim coaches. Uh, they weren't, didn't want to play. So I, I think you have to throw out the book a little bit and judging uh, bowl games. Hey, listen, Blau, if you want to give a guy slack who's making $6 million a year for being unable to manage the last two minutes, that's fine. But I don't I'm care not, what the no, situation no. is. There's no, there's no excuse for bungling the last two minutes of the game when the game's on the line. No, there, there, there isn't, but, but, but don't, don't jump on Coastal Carolina because the coach wasn't there. No, no, that was just a hypothetical thing. I, I wasn't, I didn't mean to jump on uh, Coastal Carolina. I did jump on San Diego State and I right, did, sure. you know, South Alabama, you know, teams that just weren't prepared, you know, at, at all for their games. So, but no, I, I, the coaches don't get slack for this. You know, if the game's winnable, no, 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 they have I, the players and the personnel win the game. Right. But if again, got- there's motivation factor. I mean, it's yeah, and, it, and it's it's only it's all guys it's only going to get worse it really yeah. is it's only going to get oh, worse right. when when we when we get into the situation where there's a 12 team playoffs and a bunch of the bowls really don't mean anything the guys are going to say yeah you're just going to have right. more guys opt out they're not they're not going to but I'll I, I, I will here's where I agree with Luch real quick let me just jump in Tony. go ahead go ahead I understood that in this Florida situation. That team was decimated. Nobody cared. Billy Napier may not be the answer there. I understood them getting blown out. You know, to me, that was uh, that was very, very predictable. But some of these other games, I- I'm not in agreement with the lack of preparation. You know, who's in, who's who's not playing. I mean, to me, those are excuses. You come up, you, you play the game. It's college football, and the coaches have to do their part, and a lot of them didn't, and that was my point. Got it. Absolutely, guys. Let me let me share one thing with you about one about Stetson Bennett before we we move on. And it's this: I wrote a column 
and posted it on our website, TMG College Sports, uh, pointing out that if Stetson Bennett and Georgia win Monday night, Stetson Bennett will leave the University of Georgia with a record of 29-3 and as the starting quarterback with one SEC championship, two national championships. And so I put the, I put the, a column together about Georgia's 10 greatest quarterbacks. And I'm telling you, I, is it recency bias? It probably is. But how can anybody other than Stetson Bennett be the number one on that? Herb, let me ask you that. I, I mean, I know he, he's just finishing his career, but there's really been nobody else. You've had big yardage guys like Aaron Murray, you know, and Eric Zire and David Green. But uh, I, I just think you got to consider this guy's the best that's ever played at Georgia. Yeah, you know, it's no brainer if if they win a second championship. But even if they don't, to to get to that second championship game in this era of, and the competition and the determination that that he has shown, I think that's been a big part of his. You know, Tom is so right that this is a great leader, Stetson Bennett, but. You know, you look at his background and what he had to do to get to where he is, and that gives a guy an extra gear, especially, you know, the work that was put in, the determination. Yeah, I, I got no no qualm with making him number one on your list and, you know, make up a couple other lists. You might put him number one on those, too. Where was go. Fran Talkington, Tony? Fran Talkington was on the list. He was at six that's, or seven. That's my era. That's seven. Fine. That's well, one of my era. I made sure I put two guys of, of my era in there. So Fran Tarkenton was was absolutely there. All right, let's move on to TCU. I, I didn't preach guys. I didn't understand all of Max Duggan's story. Okay, I, I know about him getting benched and all that kind of stuff. I did not know that until I read it today about the heart ailment, about his surgery that he had because of the heart ailment. Then he started having blood clots, and uh, they had to have emergency surgery. This guy, this guy, Luch, has had a, it's a hell of a story what he's been through. And he's tough as nails. Yeah. He's a tough kid. I mean, you know, again, you talk about a leader and he leads uh, by his actions, you know, more than anything verbal. He's just, he kind of has a knack for making a big play at the right time. And he, he doesn't mind taking over the responsibility of the game being on the line on his shoulders. And you have to admire that as a in a quarterback, whether he's the greatest passer in the world, the best runner, the best athlete, it, it doesn't matter because the complete package of being able to take the game on your shoulders and not being afraid of the moment. The moment doesn't seem to ever be too big for him. And, and the thing is, Herb, I mean, Sonny, Sonny Dykes became the head coach and walks in there and tells Duggan, you're not going to be the starter. A guy named Chandler Morris is going to be the starter. And he, he didn't transfer. He didn't, get, he didn't get in the portal. He just stuck around, and all of a sudden, Chandler Morris gets hurt against Colorado. D Duggan became the quarterback, and here we are. Yeah, you know, really, really determined young man, too. I mean, that's what that's probably the defining, uh, you know, uh, connection between these two quarterbacks we're going to see on Monday night. I mean, Duggan is just he's just a very unflappable and and he's just he does just enough movement, you know, to, to get away from from the pass rush. And, and very determined, doesn't, you know, there was a point there where, you know, Michigan might have come back in that game, but every time Michigan would would get, you know, within what they'd get, like within 10 or so, TCU had an answer, and that was that was Mike Max Duggan, you know, he was just, he was just, 
pulling those triggers. I mean, I, I remember when Sonny Dykes brought Louisiana Tech up to Illinois about 10 years ago, and it was a bad Illinois team. But Louisiana Tech, like they just they just ran roughshod over. I mean, this guy clearly was a coach, and I, and I think you're seeing that in, in his quarterback this year. Well, here's here's the thing I want to ask you, Blau. I mean, we, we've seen Max Duggan carry his team. He d- definitely carried his team in that Big Twelve championship game and almost won the game. Can he carry its team against a quality opponent? like Georgia. I mean, you can argue that, hey, he did it against Michigan. That's a quality opponent. Can he do it? But can he do it against Georgia? Well, absolutely. I mean, I mean, uh, the great thing about it, I mean, cliches uh, are made because things, players do certain things that you say can't happen. And and Max Duggan basically won't let his team lose. Now, whether he can beat Georgia, I, I don't know. But I would certainly not count him out of any game because he just wills his team to play all season and wills them to win. And, and and anyone who says that they can't win is, I mean, it's fool's gold because we're not dealing, we're still dealing with a team that is, as we've seen against Ohio State, Georgia has vulnerabilities. They, they have weaknesses that can be exploited. They couldn't get hurt. And and Max Duggan uh, is a magic man and, and, and showed it all season. This might be his year. I mean, I, we, we've all seen, we I mean, most of us saw the footy play, you know, 40 years ago, you know, 30, that was an improbable season for, for Doug Footy and he did it and he was a midget. So what are you going to do? I mean, that's no <laughs> All right. Well, all right. Look, look. All right. Let's get serious now uh, and bring in the locksmith, our man, Tom Lucci. All right, Lucci. George is a 13 and a half point favorite in this national championship game. Uh, that seems a little rich to me. What about you? Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with you, Tony. I, here's the thing I wonder. Blau said, Georgia does have vulnerabilities. They do have weaknesses. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, but they're good enough to overcome them, uh, as we've seen this year. This is, I don't think, I mean, you've probably written about it. I don't think this team is as good as last year's. Do you? No, 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 no. no. But it, so they, they have a lot more flaws. That's the one thing. I just wonder, too, after watching the Ohio State, does Georgia have any big game fatigue? They've been in so many big yep. games for so many consecutive weeks, and now they got to do it one more time. And yep. TCU's a hot team. They're on a roll, you know, kind of thing. They're believing the whole magic season. I just think mm-hmm. that's a little too steep, uh, <laughs> you know, to, to lay 13 and a half. Again, I could see it being a 10-point game. I could see it being a seven-point game. Right. I just don't see Georgia blowing them out. Yeah, you know, I, unless unless TCU has a case of the nerves and just completely, you know, uh, folds up, goes into a fetal position, which I don't see. They haven't done that yet. So, Well, I, I, uh, Luch, I will say this about – this Georgia team versus last Georgia team. This Georgia team can beat you 42 to 41. Last year's team never had to do that much because the defense was so, so good. So that's that's one difference that I have known about. All right, Mark, what does T specifically on the field, what does TCU have to do to win this game? Not make mistakes. I mean, not, not give the ball up. I mean, Michigan lost the game for a variety of reasons, but the main reason – they lost. They had two pick six against them. I mean, yeah. that's twelve points. That that. I mean, they 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 win going away. If those, I mean, maybe if they if if those mistakes are made, if they play a flawless game with no mistakes, they have a chance. All right, Herb. I want you to weigh in this. Who wins the game? Who wins the game? And can Georgia cover the thirteen and a half? I, I think you know it, it's hard to pick against Georgia 
but I but I agree with Tom. It, that that's too big of a spread. I think this is going to be a one possession game. Uh, Georgia finds a way because that's what they do. Um, but TCU commit. They'll make it interesting right till the end. You know, I think that they'll be prepared to take. You know, they'll find ways to turn Georgia's defense. You know, they'll find the little flaws there that they can. You know, turn Georgia's strengths into weaknesses and. And and they'll be able to they'll be able to score because that that TCU team is very resilient when it has the ball, and and I expect it to be a lot closer. I expect it to be a, a seven point or less game. Yeah, well, I like I like Georgia getting a, a back a backdoor cover a late a late touchdown something special teams or something to to cover. But here's guys here's the X factor the thing I'm wondering about the most. I mean, until Marvin Harrison Jr got hurt. I mean, Georgia, uh, Ohio State was doing whatever they wanted to do. Uh, I thought Jalen Carter of Georgia would get more pressure on the quarterback than he did. He he did it sometimes, and they mixed some things up. And, and I just, they were able to make big plays out of the passing game. TCU is big on explosive plays out of the passing game. And to me, that's the X factor. If, if, if that's if if TCU is going to win this game, they got to get it with big plays, and and look, you know, and also one thing to notice when you're watching the tape, Kaylee Ringo, Georgia's supposedly their best defensive back, he got wore out by Marvin Harrison, just got worn out. I don't even know who who uh, TCU's best wide receiver is, but whoever it is, watch the matchup between him and Kaylee Ringo. And see if they give up. Uh, and the other factor, Tony. Big place. Let's, yeah. let's see how the officiating is. Where's the crew from? I didn't even hear yet. I didn't see that. Yeah, because let's let's be honest. What happened to Michigan? Uh, you know, is it, just an absolute uh, disgrace. I, I, to me, that's a touchdown. You know, right. you land with the ball and your rear ends on the goal line. That's a touchdown. And the next play, they go and fumble the ball. So um, I don't know. Sometimes if replay if replay is really what we want it to be at this point because I don't think it is, but that call, and maybe, would you agree, Herb, that Marvin Harrison was tar- targeting on that play? Oh, it God, looked yeah. like it to me. Yeah. I mean, it looked like he ran into the goalpost. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so and, and, we're seeing some inconsistent officiating, so that's another. That's probably the X factor in all this, and I'm not saying it's going to favor one side or the other. I'm just saying it's going to be interesting to see whatever conference that they're from, how the game is officiated, because different leagues officiate games differently. Well, you know, and the one thing we can all agree on is that when they tell you that it has to be irrefutable evidence, it's never irrefutable evidence. They just decide what they're going to decide. And they make this big point of, you know, like you're exactly right. that, And that was such a huge turning point in the mission. But on the other hand, you know, you're getting the ball on the half yard line and just pound it in. Mistakes are going to happen with referees. You're going to have those deals. But yeah, that can that can turn it a lot. I think less so in football than in basketball, but certainly could be a factor. Well, Joel Clatt, a guy I've gotten to know from over at Fox, who 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 knows his stuff. He's excellent, Tony. He is very good. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten to know him over the last year or so. He says the 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 well, two things. Well, number one, there should be, as someone mentioned, there should be a national supervisor. Of, well, there is a national supervisor of officials, but every conference has their own officials. Right. That needs to change. We need to have some kind of national re, uh, officials group 
uh, Steve Shaw, who's the guy who's done it forever, would be would be perfect for that. But it's just that's number one. He said he said the we need a national base of officials. We don't need conference officials. Number two, he um, Joel said the instant replay system is broken. Okay, because yeah. what Lute said when you're looking right at it. How, how can you not, how can you get it wrong when you're looking right at it? But it's amazing, guys, that they you tell me, Blau, it's amazing to me how many times they get it wrong oh. when you're looking right at it. I know it's it, it is, and, and 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 it happens. You know, like you said, it's it's everyone who's watching the game in, in real time. It's a touchdown. I mean, that's a touchdown. And I mean, right. and no, no one's gonna really argue it. I mean, you know. I don't think they they wouldn't argue if they, they rolled it the other way. I mean, they might have, but but they they stop it and they go and go, and then that's that's the problem. Well, I think I think they've absolutely got to do something. All right, now before we go, I, I've got to get my weekly update on Jim Harbaugh. Um, I, I, Herb, <laughs> you got to tell me what's going on with your guy. He, we're we're following him all over the place. He's talking, to, supposedly talking to these owners. Let's let's make it real. Simple, shall we? Yeah, I think Herb, what we Herb Gould, Herb Gould, will Jim Harbaugh be the head football coach at Michigan next season? Well, I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, maybe there's a bigger pot of gold at the end of the NFL rainbow than I could ever imagine. But I, I think what we need to remember about Jim Harbaugh is he has beaten Ohio State two years in a row. And and even though this this playoff loss is really, really looking ugly. I don't, you know, I mean, Michigan is where he wants to be. And I, I would think that, you know, getting this close and not getting over the hump would, would be even more of a motivator to do it. Now, that said, I don't have any inf- inside information. I just think that, that he, you know, he makes perfect sense where he is right now. You know, this is, that's, that was, I always thought that was the right spot for him. And now that he's kind of figured it out to beat Ohio State, I don't see him making a big change. One thing that might be attractive to him about the NFL, Herb, is there's no bowl games. <laughs> What's he lost? Six in a row? Uh, yeah. I yeah, that's, that's right. No, that's Out. true. But, you know, we just we talked about that. I mean, bowl games are, are a, a different animal. I mean, now, th- in this case, there's no, you know, there's no writing it off. But a lot of the bowl games, you know, it's who sure. plays and yeah. whether they care. I mean, we how many times have we heard it? that you know like an alabama or an ohio state loses a bowl game well they didn't care you know so what how are you going to do what are you going to do with that i would say this about the sec though they cared about the games that mattered those those pre-january guys i I, 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 let me alabama cared tennessee cared they cared Well, but didn't it didn't win when uh, Alabama uh, uh, didn't they uh, lose uh, to utah one year (laughs) yes they cared this year that's all i'm saying I, i you could see the, those early bowl games, SEC, no interest. The games that were the spotlights, the SEC had a lot of interest. And and put the cherry on the Harbaugh thing, Herb, I, I think he's gone. I, I totally think he's gone for one reason. Uh, uh, he is the most competitive guy I've, I've ever heard of. I mean, everyone tells me he's most competitive. And his brother has a Super Bowl ring, and he doesn't. And I think that is, sticks in his craw more than Michigan, more than Ohio State. I think he wants that. I think that's part of what, and I, and I think he's gone. Well, we we shall see. We'll see. We, we shall see. We shall see. All right. Last time around the horn, give me a winner of, of Monday night's game and a score. Mark Blauschen. Wow. Uh, Georgia, 41-28. Herb Gould. 
Uh, Georgia, 38-35. Hmm. Tom Lucci. I'm going to go Georgia, 42-30. Ooh. <laughs> that makes the over, got, at least, doesn't it? I, it yes. Notice that he's got that 12-point differential. Yes, just, just absolutely. Well, I'm going to say Georgia 45-40. to 40. It's going to be Whoa. another one of those shootouts. Even though you said they'd, they'd have a backdoor cover? Well. Come on, Tony. Come on, come Tony. On, Take us. You, 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 you guys start throwing these facts at me. Okay. You're a bulldog. You're a here, bulldog. Here we're, here we're going to do Georgia 47, 33. Yeah, okay, there you go. 47, right, 33, and okay. then we go. There we go. You you guys shame me into it. There you go. All right. All right, boys and girls, that should just about do it. We want to thank our sponsor one more time, Epa Games. Find them at apbagames.com. John Herson uh, has been just great to us this year. We want to thank our technical staff of David Amaral, Sheila Dufresne, and Maria Barnhart. You guys are the absolute best. We hope to join you from California. We're working feverishly to, to do that if we can, but we will be back at some point to put a wrap around what has been an incredible 2022 college football season. Have a great national championship game, folks. For Mark Blausch and Herb Gould and Tom Lucci, this is Tony Barnhart. Thanks for joining us. For Mr. CFB and friends, be safe and carry on.